When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome back to Buckethead Land Grant Holy Lands College Basketball Podcast Episode 32. Uh, my name is Connor Lamans and I am with my co-host Justin Golba here. It is March. This is March. This is the Big Ten Tournament. I will be in Indianapolis tomorrow for the Big Ten Tournament. The Buckeyes are playing either Penn State or Minnesota. We, we don't know who yet, Justin. But one thing is for certain, things things are going to happen. Yeah, um, this is always a fun time to be a fan of a team that can lose or beat anybody. Um, it's just the vibes are good, though, overall. Uh, I, as you know, I work, I work. My day job is kind of on a freelance basis, and I didn't have anything to do today. So I woke up at about 11 o'clock. I was watching some Idaho Sacramento State, and I was doing a Lego set. So I've had a good day, to be very honest with you. But the vibes, the vibes around the program, though, they're not um, as good. They're not as they're not as good. If we want to do a vibe check for Ohio State, the vibes are interesting. That's the one word. That's the one word I like to use. Is interesting. It, it's on. It's really yeah. I guess it's like. Last time we had an episode, I think it came out the day of the Michigan State game. And so Ohio State has Michigan State at home. Kyle Young is out with concussion. Zed Key's out with a, with a sprained ankle. Justice Suing obviously still out. Seth Towns out. Um, Joey Brunk scores 18 points, leads Ohio State to a really emotional win. Like, really, really emotional win that they really needed. And you're like, okay, um, the vibes, the vibes are good. The vibes are, it's looking up. They're going to, they're like, we're going to get Michigan on senior day at home. We already beat Michigan. Uh, the, the stonks are pointing back up. Then they lay an egg at home on senior day to Michigan without Hunter Dickinson. Um, and the vibes straight back down. Bad vibes again. Sorry, I was muted. Um, yeah, no, it, that's kind of the funny part is I did not watch a second of the Michigan State game. I was watching the Batman and this is a good time to transition into our full podcast. This is a the Batman spoiler podcast. You are I'm just an kidding. absolute um, fraud. You are a fraudulent <laughs> podcaster. You're a fraudulent yeah. fucking fan. They, no, Ohio uh, State this year is three and zero when I don't watch. So I have to ask myself some hard truths this weekend. Um, I might test it, just see, maybe not watch Thursday and just see if they win. But um, yeah, it's it's so weird. If they so the thing I'll say is this: if they were to go in, if they would have lost to Michigan State. Right, and they'd be coming into this game. That'd be a four-game losing streak. I'd feel much worse than I do, 
But the funny part is, and we've talked about this, last year they came into the Big Ten tournament on a four-game losing streak, and then they just rattled off a bunch of huge wins. But that ended up being probably, would you agree with this, Ohio State's tournament run last year was the worst possible thing they could have done because they went to the championship, they played two overtime games, they played all these tough games, three guys got hurt, and they didn't even win the championship, so they had nothing to show for it. So it's kind of like not the worst possible thing. I think there's a lot of positives you can take out of that too. So I wouldn't say it's like I don't think. I, that well, I'm saying that awful. I'm saying that in terms of how it ended because they lost to Oral Roberts. But it's just like when you do have that that stretch of four games in four days, which you know if they win, if they make a run, that's what they'll do again this year. You know, it, it's just it, it's it's kind of, it's it's I don't want to say yeah, worst possible isn't the right way to word it, but it's kind of like a all for nothing kind of thing because you, you You're talking like about a, what's the benefit of being kind of successful in the big 10 tournament. If it, if it hurts you a few days later. Yeah. Last year they went from three seed to a two seed, which just put them at Oral Roberts way. You know what I mean? Like I do think there I do think last year if they would have lost, you know, when they played, they played Purdue that Friday, right? Which again, they would play Purdue this Friday. This, the, the similarities to last season are starting to get a little ridiculous to this season. Um, but again, they'd be playing Purdue on a Friday. If they would have lost that game, I'm not sure they lose to Oral Roberts. So it's just like this. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. We could talk about it when we get into the Big Ten tournament preview because I have some thoughts. But um, conference tournaments are weird. That's all I'm going to say. Dude, They're we're we're here. We're at the, we're at the Big Ten tournament preview. We're we're, we're right in the middle of it right now. But I would say it's a good that's a good point. <laughs> I would say um, I'm still I in the intro in my head. I get what you're saying, and some people. Um, have like there's a lot of people that kind of want Ohio State just to lose tomorrow and call it a day. Yeah, well, tomorrow think, I'm, not, I'm not in agreement on that, but I do think they have to beat Penn State or I keep saying Penn State because I think Penn State will win. Yeah, if you're listening to this, that game's over. We know who they're playing, but I think Penn State will beat Minnesota. Whoever they play, I do, I do think they need to win because that's a bad loss heading into March or heading into the tournament. But like, if they lose to Purdue on Friday, I don't give a shit. I think. <laughs> Like I don't care. Like I don't think that's it, that's not going to hurt them. Produce right, a, a two the, seed. It's not going like as the six seed. They're, they're the oh two seed in the NCAA. Correct. Um, yeah, as they're the eighth team in the country. Seed, right it's now, like so. and that wouldn't be a game where like they lose to Purdue on a neutral floor. I don't think that anybody fans included would be like, oh, just another disappointing loss, another underwhelming no. loss by the Buckeyes to Purdue. It's like, dude, it's Purdue and they're the six seed. But um, I, I think we. I'm. I, I don't know. One, to, the, the one caveat I'll say to that, and not to cut you off, but before I forget, the one caveat I'll say to that is, unless they win the Big Ten tournament championship, that will change my entire mind because that's winning something, right? That's a banner you hang. That's a that's that will shut the people up to say Holman's never won anything. That that's winning something. Yeah. But I think maybe the worst thing they can do this year is go to Sunday, and lose, because <laughs> again, so, you're not really gaining anything. They might go from a six to a five seed or a seven to six seed. And that's it. You know, I don't know. It's so logic. Weird. I mean, the logic says with a, with a hurt team, with a hurt team, and that's another thing different from last season, is Holman has said last season about the run, and so did EJ Liddell. He's like, last season going into the Big Ten tournament, we were pretty healthy for the most part. We weren't already banged up. Yeah. This year, we're really short on bodies. So it's, it's not, not hurt quite in the, the tournament same as, last year. It's not quite the same as last year. But I'm, 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 big on, I'm big on banners. I'm big on winning titles. I'm big on put your balls to the wall, put everything in the middle of the table and try to win a banner. So I understand the logic of um, the logic of saying like, Hey, you know, if, you know, 
if we lose to Purdue or if you know they they lose to Purdue, that that's okay. Then they'll have some time to rest. I do not subscribe to the let's maybe pull EJ and Malachi's minutes back in the Big Ten tournament to like twenty twenty five. I think you put all of your chips in the table because if you win four games in four days, that's a Big Ten championship. And you can argue about the difference of a regular season versus a tournament. I think the regular season is more important, obviously, and take more pride in that. But you win four games in four days, you hang a banner in the shot that says that this team won a championship. Those players that were on that team that won that championship, people will not forget those players. So I've already gone on this soapbox, but I still think that you you put all your chips in, you you bust it the whole way, you try to win the thing, and if that means that you make it to Sunday and you lose and you're exhausted for your NCAA tournament game, that sucks. That sucks, just like it sucked last year. But if you were, like last year, within three minutes of winning the Big Ten tournament, I cannot. I can't fault that. I understand why you're tired, but like you got to go all in to to win it. I don't think that's going to be the case this season, though. I don't think that. I don't think that Ohio State's going to be playing on Sunday this weekend. No, I don't either. The one thing I do think is the way the brackets shaped up. If they do somehow beat Purdue, I think they might beat Wisconsin, especially with the hurt Johnny Davis. And I do think Wisconsin's going to completely play it very safe with Johnny Davis. Like if he is even close to not hundred percent, I don't think he'll play this weekend. They um, just he's playing. Though they did. Oh, they said today he's playing. Yeah. Well then he might, I mean, even limited minutes, you know, just, I think they'll play him very safe. Let's just put it that way. Even if he plays um, just because you obviously want him for the tournament. So um, that the, the, the problem with, and I completely agree with what you're saying about the championship, by the way, because that's, that's something, like I said, that's something that you, you want. Right, you hang a banner, you talk about it. That's a winnable thing. Um, the, and the thing that this doesn't get talked about a lot, and I was thinking about it last night when I was watching the Gonzaga St. Mary's game because Gonzaga just won the West Coast Conference for the four hundred seventy fifth time. Um, the Big Ten tournament champion is at such a disadvantage going into March. It is the last game played before, right? Like you go from the Big Ten championship right into Selection Sunday. There is no gap. Those Big Ten tournament, the teams that played in the Big Ten Championship are watching Selection Sunday in their uniforms. Like, it is right away. Gonzaga just played their final game last night. They got 10 days if they play on Friday. And they're not even, like, hurt or anything. But they do run a six-man rotation for the most part. They only run a six-man roster for the most part. So it's it's interesting to see, like, the Big Ten champion is, is at disadvantage just because it's the it's the final game on the floor. Now there are a couple games on Sunday, the AAC championships on Sunday, but a lot of them are on Saturday. A lot of them are on Saturday, and I think it's just interesting that the Big Ten and I, the Big Ten likes that they like being the CBS game before Selection Sunday. But it's interesting that it just doesn't get talked about enough, and I think it maybe it has to do with some of the Big Ten struggles in the tournament. You know, I don't know. I don't know if there's a strict correlation to it, but. My my pea brain says there might be the ACC finishes on Sunday. The the A ten finishes on Sunday. The SEC finishes on Sunday. The Big Ten finishes on Sunday. The American finishes on Sunday, and the Ivy League finishes on Sunday. So I don't know if I would buy in that that has anything to do with it. I feel like more than that, the Big Ten just has an identity as a conference that is always competitive always cannibalizes itself there's never like 
a clear cut elite top and a clear cut trash bottom like you do a lot of the times in like the SEC, how there's just like, oh, we always have bottom feeders. Um, so I, but, you know, I, I don't think this is the year either that, that the Big Ten's going to get a, a championship. I don't see anybody in the Big Ten probably winning it. They've all got flaws. No, they, yeah, they're, they're too flawed. They've all got flaws that are going to rear their heads at some point in a six game span. Um, they, all, they also all have flaws that are bad when it comes to strictly March. You know what I mean? Like, like basically just on the defensive end of the ball. That's Purdue's issue. That's Wisconsin's issue. It's Ohio State's issue. Illinois is just a little too inconsistent for my liking. And I think when I said earlier, I think maybe it's just a huge advantage for Gonzaga in general, just being done already. But I, mean, I don't know. I that was that, just something I thought about just watching that game. So I was like, Gonzaga's done after this. Like, they're, they're, this is their final. I think Wisconsin is fine defensively. I think what's going to bite Wisconsin is is we've talked about this since December is can can you expect Johnny Davis to score 25 points a game for six straight games in the NCAA tournament and not have any of those six teams hold him back to like a a 12 or 13 point game like because that's how Wisconsin has operated all season long is like Johnny Davis is a hero and they win by four um and if even once in the NCAA tournament, they limit Johnny Davis to say 13 or 14 points against a really good team, like that, that could be their undoing right then and there. Could happen in the first round, could happen in the second round. Um, I don't think defense is their problem. I think pretty sure that Ken Palm has them as like a top 30 offense and defense. I just don't love that they depend so much on one guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe. I don't know if I'm thinking about Wisconsin when I say defense or not, actually, now that I'm like actually thinking about it. Um, but they're just kind of a – yeah, actually, they're just a defense better than offense. So, Ken Baum. All right, yeah, so I take that back. I don't know who I'm thinking of. But, um, I, I, yeah, if I had to put my money on anybody in the Big Ten in March, it's probably Illinois. Uh, just because, I, you know, I like – Kofi Coburn can take over really any game. He can, kick out to, he can kick out to shoot. Yeah, they're the most well-rounded team. I say that as if Ohio State didn't look – damn near unbeatable against them for 35 minutes. Like, it's kind of weird how well they played for, again, 35 minutes. Uh, the last five minutes got a little shaky, but as it does at Illinois. I'm not going to get into that again. Um, but they won that game, so good for them. But I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Uh, it's the the very Purdue funny part. Purdue is such a – Purdue ahead, is ahead. tough. Pur- Pur- Purdue is a matchup team for me. I have to see a bracket. Purdue is such a, Purdue is such a stinker to me because when I closed my eyes, I was like, I don't see anybody other than Purdue winning the Big Ten this season. And for a while, after they started slow, it looked like they were going to like finish that hot that hot streak and win the Big Ten. It's like I, I could not see them losing to Wisconsin twice. Could just could not see it happening. But it happened. And like when I closed my eyes, like after they just ended the season on such a stinker, losing to Wisconsin. Like I, I cannot close my eyes and see them also losing to Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament, but it's like it keeps ha- it keeps happening to them. Like they keep losing games that I'm just like I, there's no way they can lose this game. They're so much better than the other team, and they lose because their defense just like even with two seven footers, like they just uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that Purdue did not win the Big Ten, and I'm shocked every time Purdue loses a game. Because I just cannot see other teams beating them. They look like so much. They just look so much better than everybody else. Well, and it, I think there was there was a peak moment. It wasn't against Wisconsin. It was against whoever they played before Wisconsin, which might have been Michigan. They won Maryland, the game, right? Was it was it them? I think that Maryland game was earlier. They got, game they got absolutely. 
they got absolutely beat up by Michigan on the road, and, and then they beat Maryland by one, I think. By one, yeah. They Maryland controlled the entire game and just blew it at the end, just blew chunks. But one, I don't know, one of the games, it was really close, and they, Purdue had three straight possessions that was peak Purdue in my mind. And it was Jaden Ivey had the ball. He went flying to the hoop, threw the ball up in the air, didn't make, didn't hit anything. It was just kind of like just out of control, Jaden Ivey. Then on defense the other way, two guys didn't even go down the floor. They just gave up an open three. And then back on the other end, Travion Williams just had the ball and like one of his – he was palming it like he likes to do. And he tried to throw the ball behind his back for no reason. And he threw it right to the defender and they took off and got an easy layup. And it was just like all of this was unnecessary. You know, like you just gave up five points for no reason. Like just play basketball. Sometimes they just get into this like – why are they doing this? Why are they making this harder than they have to make it on themselves? And that's kind of Purdue in a nutshell to me. They're just going to be another, like I said, I need to see a bracket. If they are two seed and they catch like, I don't know, maybe this is just recency bias, but because I just watched them last night, but they catch like a Bryant who has the leading score in the country and Peter Kiss, a team that can really score the ball pretty well as a 15 seed. I, I'm going to think about it. That's all I'm saying. But, but Purdue's, so good on offense, it helps them. After they lost last year in the first round, and almost all that team came back. It'd be hard to see it again. I do agree. Uh, yeah, I, I am not picking them to lose their first game. And depending on the matchups, I, I could see them winning a few games in the NCAA tournament. But like, the, there too. is a stat, and I forget the exact number. I feel like it was around 75 last year because they were talking about it with Ohio State. That it was like no team outside of like Ken Palm's top 75 in defense has ever made the Final Four. Like ever. Has never happened. Um, and that's a pretty that's a pretty harsh, damning stat for teams like Ohio State and Purdue because you're like, oh, like I'm sure it has close. I'm sure that like a bad defensive team, good offensive team has made it a couple times. It's it's never happened. No. Teams that that give up long stretches on defense, they don't advance far in the tournament. So it's not good for Purdue. And it'll also be interesting when Ohio State plays Purdue. Um, the only the only stretch of I shouldn't say when because. John Hara or Jamison Battle could have something to say about that Thursday night. But if they advance yes. to play Purdue, um, the only clip of that game they should be watching is like the 10-minute clip in the second half where they came back because they found something in Purdue's defense where they were like, okay, we, we, can, we can absolutely take advantage of this. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see what kind of adjustments Ohio State makes um, in, if they play Purdue so that they don't fall behind by 22. Because if they didn't fall behind by 22 points, probably would have won that game on the road. They need to start that offense in the beginning, not with 10 minutes left in the game. Yeah, 100%. And, I, I mean, I think I think I saw somebody say, like, that 10-minute stretch for Ohio State was one of the best offensive stretches in the entire, like, country this season. Like, just wasn't it like 100 and, wasn't it like they were at, like, a 118 points per 100 possessions or something for that, ten like, 10-minute stretch? Like, just something absurd. Yeah, it was something just – it was something – yeah, because they scored like thirty points in ten. Yeah, it was it was something ridiculous. Their points per possession was like one point six or something stupid. Um, so yeah, I, that would be interesting to see. Also, it's also interesting that they, they're playing late every um, every day. So it kind of it, I don't know how much it really impacts it, but they do. They'll see everything unfolding in front of them, you know, kind of deal. So 
Um, if there's any big upsets or anything, they'll see that. I don't, again, I don't think it matters, but it's just kind of cool to see. I think it matters more that you you basically get that day off. It's basically another rest day. Yeah, that's well, that's that's a good point. It's, it is kind of a rest day, but also I guess you could look at the noon games as also a rest day. You just play early. You just rest the rest of the day. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of like the math, the math of it. Yeah, the amount of time they have off. I meant between their last game. And this game, like I would essentially count Thursday as a day off. Like they're going to, like Holtman said, they didn't practice on Monday. He said, but they have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you basically have Thursday off because you're not going to do any physical activity until you know no, before no. the game six seven o'clock. So that'll be good that they're going to have some time off, you know, especially like that fourth day before the game Thursday, and also either Penn State or Minnesota will have just played the night before, which is good and bad. You know, we've seen teams that come in there and, and, and get hot because they're playing day after day after day. But at some point, you also do get tired. You do get worn down when you just played the night before. Yeah, a very uh, March thing just happened. I'm watching the Nebraska-Northwestern game by the corner of my eye, and they shifted to, like, to show a, a shot, they shifted to, like, that court, like, the sideline camera that's, like, on the floor. That's a very March thing. You don't see that until March hits. Um, normally, we'll see that until the Final Four, but I guess the Big Ten Championship is doing it this year, or Big Ten Tournament. Uh, also, Nebraska still looks fantastic. I don't know what the hell happened to this team, but I would not want to – I'm glad – let's just say I'm glad they're the sixth seed, not the seven. I don't want to see Nebraska. Uh, yeah, or I Nebraska, guess they play the five seed. They play the five seed. So, I'm, I'm glad Nebraska, they're the sixth, not the five. Up on, up on Northwestern right now in the very first game of the Big Ten Tournament, when this comes out, that'll, that game will be over with. Also, shout out to – um, Travis Steele and the Xavier Musketeers, who it looks like are going to miss the NCAA tournament, getting bounced by Butler in the first round of the Big East tournament. Travis Steele, a very popular pick of the Fire Holtman crowd of who we should have um, replaced Chris Holtman like tomorrow, basically. Um, it yes. looks like Xavier is probably at 18 and 12 overall. They are not going to make the tournament after losing to 13 and 18 Butler. Yikes. Yes, because you know the what's better than Chris Holtman not being able to win in March, which also isn't even true, but we'll say it is for the sake of argument. What's better than having a guy that's never been to March, right? He's been there four years. They're, they've never been there. And the before he got there, they made six in a row. So, cool. That makes sense. Um, anyway, but also, and I saw something interesting today, and I'm curious um, kind of what you think about it. So, Rutgers got the double bye, okay? Right? right figure this out figure, figure this out okay we've talked about how bad Rutgers was before basically like january 30th they went on basically when they went on that three game stretch of beating yeah. illinois i was ohio state and wisconsin kind of put them in the tournament or near the tournament mm-hmm. but Rutgers is the four seed there's three teams behind them that are way safer and like Rutgers is still squarely on the bubble okay yeah, makes sense makes a lot of yeah. sense Ohio State, Iowa, Michigan State all behind them, but they're all in the tournament no matter what happens. Is yeah, Rutgers getting the sense. double is Rutgers getting the double bye gonna end up being a bad thing for them? Because they don't have the their first game's gonna be against Iowa. If they lose that game, they might be out of the tournament. They probably could have used a game against a Minnesota or Northwestern or something to win, get another win in the Big Ten tournament, and then go into that Iowa game. Like I, th- I don't think Rutgers wanted the double buy. As weird as that sounds, I get what you're saying. So basically, you're saying because Rutgers is on the bubble, would it have been more helpful for them to get a single buy and potentially guarantee that? I shouldn't say guarantee. Be more likely to leave Indianapolis with an additional win 
versus getting the double by, potentially losing their first game, and that's that for them. Yeah, because they're playing maybe the best team in the Big Ten right now in Iowa. Iowa would have beat Illinois on Sunday night if they could have made a free throw. I think that I think that Rutgers. Well, who, who does Rutgers play the first game? Iowa. Iowa. I think Rutgers will lose their first game, and I think they're still safe into the tournament. Yeah, and to most people, like the, the credible brackets I look at, they are in the tournament right now, which helps them. But like, I mean, I was looking at it. I forgot they had they literally had a three game stretch in November where they lost to Laf. They lost to Lafayette. They lost to UMass, and they lost to somebody else. Just Oh, and DePaul in a three-game stretch. That's so bad. I mean, they might be the only team in history that gets the double buy in the Big Ten tournament and still we're like, eh, are they in the tournament? Like, Because like I said, there's three teams, maybe four, because I think Michigan's win against Ohio State propelled them in, that are safer behind them in the Big Ten standings than they are. It's just so yeah, think, weird. They're the yeah, strange. I think, I think Michigan, I think, I think Michigan punched their ticket by beating Ohio State. I think that Rutgers has had enough big wins this season um, that they are also safely in, but people forget how shitty they were in the non-conference. I mean, you just said what their losses were, and like other well, games they lost they to Illinois by thirty-five in December, yeah. thirty-five then, points. But then I think they beat Illinois also at home. So like they did that started their kind of ascension. Was they beat Illinois, then they came back against Ohio State, and then they beat Wisconsin in the same. Let's see what uh, they are in the net. Their, they beat net, Michigan, they beat their net ranking cannot be good, great because of the, some of their losses. Let's see if I can find them. I, I still barely understand the net. So They are 76. Not good. By my math, that is not in the tournament because there are 68 teams. The net ranking, I believe, has most to do with the margins of who you beat and who you lost to. So – it has more to do with the margins of victory and the margins of loss against what type of team. So quad one, they are six and five in quad one games, three and four in quad two. So they're nine and nine overall against quad one and quad two teams, which is fine. And then you take into consideration the margins of defeat versus those teams. Um, they were four and nine on the road this year. That's bad. Um, but I still think that they're safely in. I think they've had a lot of big wins as well. So I think that they'll be safely in, but probably as like a ten or an eleven seed. And they're going to be a trendy pick. They're going to be a trendy pick to win some games. I mean, because they're coming in at a good time. But yeah, they're, stra- they're yeah. strange. And I think they're I think Michigan. Game. I think Michigan is in too. Like Ken Palm and Net likes Michigan. I think Ken Palm Michigan is right up there with Ohio State. They may even be past Ohio State now, which is crazy. Uh, I saw 30- I saw an interesting Michigan stat by the way after the Ohio State game. Their last ten games, they have gone win loss. They've gone loss win loss win loss win loss win loss win. They have yet to put together any type of streak. If they win, they, they lose. They, always, the they almost always lose after a big win, and they don't usually compound losses. Um, Doesn't bode well for tomorrow at eleven thirty when they play Indiana or today if you listen. <laughs> Probably came um, over. Honestly. I don't know when this drops. So it'll it'll be an interesting tournament. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I will be in Indy. I'm going to leave tomorrow afternoon and get there probably for the second session, which is Maryland and Michigan state and then Ohio state versus mystery team. And then I'll be there Friday, whether Ohio state's playing or not Saturday, whether they're playing or not and Sunday, whether they're playing, they're playing or not. They feed the media lunch and dinner every day. Um, so I think I'm just going to walk in with my media pass and hang out and watch basketball, um, and eat the free meals that they that they give me yeah, and like watch some of these smaller conference games, these smaller like conference tournaments on my laptop on the side. 
Um, but so I will be there and I'll uh, hopefully grab all the press conferences that we get with Holtman. We'll see if it's one press conference, two, three, or, or four. Um, but I'm excited. I've, I've only been to Indianapolis for the Big Ten football championship games. I've never been there for basketball. Um, and I believe there's a chance that I'll actually be courtside for this. Yeah, I think press is courtside um, in Indianapolis. Some I don't, of it is. Some of it is, but th- they can't fit everybody courtside, so the rest of them have to go up to like the second or third level into overflow press. So we'll see where I am. That makes sense. So it'll be a good time. Do you think we should look uh, just ahead at, at the team that Ohio State is right now projected to face in the NCAA tournament? Just the, just the first round. We're not going to go any farther than that. Just to see which teams, you know, you could potentially see them facing. So the bracket matrix is, uh, I'm sure you know what the bracket matrix is. That's my favorite one to look at. It compiles like 70 different bracketology sites and tells you like what's the consensus right now is that Ohio State is the lowest six seed which would put them against the highest 11 seed, which is Loyola Chicago, the champions of the Missouri Valley Conference. (laughs) Um, That would would be a funny one because this this isn't one of Loyola Chicago's better teams, but just anybody who only pays attention to March will see that and go, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're they're rambling again. Sister Jean is rambling back to the the tournament. Um, CBS has seven seed Ohio State playing 10 seed Notre Dame which I think is a pretty good matchup for them. But Notre Dame, Notre Dame they're, is they're, limp, they're kind of limping into the tournament right now. They have a strong roster, though, and a very and very balanced offense. Uh, that Blake Wesley kid's really good, and they have a couple other guys that are actually holdovers from last year. So they're not former, atrocious. Former Ohio State commit Dane Goodwin is still there somehow. Yes. Freaking. He was in Caleb Weston's class, so he's a yeah, six-year yeah. at least. Yeah, Dane Goodwin. He's Kyle Young. He's Kyle Young. He would have been in Kyle yeah. Young's class, so he's a six-year. Yeah, in Darius Baisley's class, yeah. Um, who was in his third year in the NBA. <laughs> let, swear to God. Um, ESPN has six seed Ohio State against 11 seed Memphis, which is like red light for me. Let's not do that. I don't want to tempt fate with Memphis. That one's weird. I don't know. I think Ohio State's better than Memphis, but that could also be a game where like Jalen Duran just has like 25. That has too much Kevin Obenar from Oral Roberts vibes for me. I don't know. Maybe that's just. PTSD, Memphis is but. basically like take the most talented AAU team in the country yeah. and just throw them <laughs> exactly on a college right basketball court and like none of them want to share the ball with each other. No. They don't work well together. They, they don't even each like other. each other. Yeah, yeah, they they, each the, other. The kids fucking hate each other. But like Penny, man, Penny hates more. them. You know, <laughs> Penny, Penny just wants to talk about Penny, not any of his players. But like then, but then like Jalen Duran could be like, you know what, I'm a stud, and Jalen Duran could go like thirty and sixteen on you. And you could just catch one of these because they have one of the most talented rosters in the country with like Jalen Duran. Is Amani Bates official? Is he done? Because he sat out most of the, he sat out most of February. No, I don't know if he's officially I don't, done. I don't think so. I don't. But I don't think so. I haven't watched much Memphis, but his he still has accruing stats on ESPN. Um, so well, I, says, I don't know. But like, if if he's playing, I have to look up his game log and see the last game that he played. It says Memphis basketball deserves credit for riding the ship without Amani Bates. I don't think he's played for since like February. I'm about to search him up see the last time he played. Um, to answer your question, I haven't caught much of them either. I've, I've watched The weird part about them is I've watched them play Houston every time they've played them, and they have 
beating the hell out of Houston, which is weird because Houston's the best team in their conference. But it's just like he's only played 16, some... he's only played sixteen games. He hasn't played in oh, February. Yeah, 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 he hasn't played. He's probably toast. But um, R.I.P. Monty Bates. But they're just such a, a a talented roster that like they don't play well together. They're all about themselves. Their coach is all about himself as well. But like their their roster is so talented that like if you happen to catch them on a day when they're gelling, like. Ohio State's not – they're not as talented as Memphis. That's just the facts. But Memphis doesn't really play team basketball. Um, it's, 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 but that's such a weird sentence to say they're not as talented as Memphis because Memphis is like barely in the tournament. But you're probably right in I terms know. of just like high school talent and what you're supposed to be. I don't right, know. I don't like, know when. I don't know when this Penny Hardaway experiment of like just getting as many five-star recruits as he can but like not coaching them. I don't know when this is going to like – really rear its ugly head but i mean because even last year you know james wiseman only played three games so it doesn't really count but like he's always done this they've always had great recruits there's a rumor that sky clark who just decommitted from kentucky is going to memphis like it's weird they always get these yeah. great recruits but also they have done nothing you know like yeah i don't know yeah when, so, I, when yeah. I say i think you understand what i what i'm saying when i say talent talent like yeah, stars yeah. coming yeah, out yeah, of high yeah. school like when you're just trying to was, a, a, ohio state has hasn't had a jalen duran since Jared Sullinger, and arguably since Greg Oden. Right, exactly. Like, Durant so, like, was the Memphis number two has, recruit in the country. Memphis has accrued so much talent, but they haven't been coached up. They, have, they don't play might be together. The, they might be the definition of for the people that think stars don't matter. I'm not one of those people, but if you do believe that, just look at Memphis basketball. That'll Many probably help your case. It. Uh, Brackettville has Ohio State as a six seed, also playing Sister Jean, Loyola Chicago as an eleven. And then 131 Sports, which is not as popular of a website, but has won the award as like the most accurate several times, has Ohio State as the lowest six seed as well. And they would play the highest 11 seed, which right now they would probably try to avoid this matchup since it's in the Big Ten, um, would be the Michigan Wolverines as an 11. And if they were to switch it around and avoid Michigan – then it will be the Loyola Chicago Ramblers again. Yeah, I couldn't even begin to predict Ohio State playing Michigan again. They beat Michigan with Hunter Dickinson on the road. They lost to Michigan at home without Hunter Dickinson. So I couldn't begin to predict. I like Ohio State against Michigan. I think they beat them. If they play them 10 times, I think they beat them seven. But I, I, I have no idea. They're, that's the strangest thing. Sunday Sunday was weird because the first half went exactly how I expected it to. They were up by like you know seven. I was like, all right, they just play a decent second half. They'll win this game by ten or fifteen. The vibes they were good. played maybe they played maybe the worst half I've seen all all year. I was like, bro, what in the hell is going on? It was unbelievable to me they lost that game. So I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Um Ohio State's perimeter defense and their on ball defense is atrocious. Jamari Wheeler is supposed to be like this like second yeah. coming of Aaron Kraft. He has been nothing like that. He's been he's been good, but like there well, are that's the problem is like I've seen people say like he's been bad. That's not the case, but he no. hasn't been what he is, which is I mean, he's a two-time first-team all yeah. defense. There have yeah. been a lot of Jamari Wheeler is that dude. Like I'm so glad Jamari Wheeler is on my team. Like he makes a lot of those plays where you're like, oh man, he's such a he's such a grinder. Like I love having this guy on my team. But like so he's had, he's been good, but not what we thought we were getting. Like there were too many times against Michigan and other teams too where like Jamari Wheeler or Malachi Branham is like guarding the ball. And the guard just blows by, just just blows by the defender, and then you know you know how that happens. Then 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 Jamari Wheeler is trying to catch up to him, and then Joey Brunk hops off to help get on ball. He leaves the big man down low, 
dish it over to Diabate, slam dunk, game's over. So it's like when your on-ball defense on the perimeter is as bad as it's been, that just like and it just crumbles repeatedly when guys can just blow by you easily. Oh man, that, that's the biggest thing they had trouble with against Michigan is Eli Brooks and like Terrence Williams and Devontae Jones were just straight blowing by guys on the outside and either getting their own shots or when like a Joey Brunk or somebody would come over to help, you just dish it off to the big man. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just about I playing I don't know smart. If I can fix that. It's just about playing smart defense too. Like the pinnacle of this game was they were up by four. And Devontae Jones, it was when the, it was the one possession Devontae Jones wasn't in the game. He got hurt. He, like, bumped his head or something. And Kobe Bufkin came in. Kobe Bufkin has just done nothing for Michigan this year. No offense to him if he listens to this. He, he hasn't done anything for Michigan this year. And then, But then they're swinging the ball on the perimeter, and Justin Arns is just kind of caught in no man's land while Kobe Bufkin catches the ball, and then he tries to close out, and Kobe Bufkin knocks down a three. And it's just like, how, how – like – the, like you said, Terrence Williams had 18, and Kobe Bufkin hit the biggest shot of the game. If you tell me that sentence, I think Ohio State probably won, you know. But they didn't, so whatever. Dude, Terrence Williams, know. Terrence Williams is a he's a baller. I feel like every time I watch Michigan, Terrence Williams is hitting shots. Kobe Bufkin, has he's just incredibly played. inconsistent. There's times he'll drop 20, and then the next game I watch, he's 0 for 8 with zero points, and he's swinging on Wisconsin players. Kobe, so. Kobe Bufkin is a four-star recruit. He was rated like essentially the equal as to what EJ Liddell was, was rated coming out of high oh, school as no, far he's, as stars he's go. Huge. Yeah, he's huge in talent-wise. He just hasn't done anything this year. It's just like another, they're like Michigan is almost like Memphis light. Like They have so much talent too, like guys that just – not in the same way like they're um, dysfunctional and like not the same dysfunction as like Memphis has, but like Michigan has so much talent on their roster too. I don't know how they lost you know, 12, 13 games. Well, what changed, what changed for Michigan was Devontae Jones figured it out. That was all it is. He was bad the first two months of the season, and now he got really good. And that's been the difference, honestly. So that's, we got some Big Ten tournament in there. We got a little bit of NCAA tournament in there. Probably next week, once we have a full bracket and the first four start, we can probably just spend like an hour going through the bracket because that's, dude, I could talk about the bracket for hours. But we also have the all Big Ten teams that came out this week. If I can pull that up. My only major farce with it is that. Brad Davison was second team all Big Ten, which I think is absolutely comical. Like, did, I'm pretty sure he shot like 40% or potentially lower than 40% on the year overall and like 30% from three. Like, did he just win this award just because he, he yells a lot? I understand he plays pretty good defense, but like, I feel like second team is really, really generous. Uh, he shot on the year, yeah, lower than. Wait, what am I looking at? I'm looking at something wrong. Oh, 37% from the field and 34% from three. Um, 14 and four. I don't know. I wouldn't put him second team. I think I had him third team. But um, I like I said, we talked about I think it was just because Wisconsin is like, you know, Wisconsin won the conference. They're like, we got to put somebody else on here. And I think that's how Gabe Brown made third team. Gabe Brown on third team is bad. Like I, I can think of probably 20 other guys that were on the honorable mention that should be on third team over Gabe Brown. But they were like, Michigan State's a tournament team. We got to put somebody on here, I guess. And that's Gabe Brown. Okay. I didn't have Gabe Brown sniffing the all-tournament teams. And, and, and because I'm an unbiased journalist, I'll, I'll say, like, I thought Bryce McGowan's deserved the, <clears throat> the freshman of the year in the Big Ten. Like, Bryce McGowan's he, has been consistently scoring the whole season. Yeah, that's the, well, that's the thing. He's done it all season. And also, he is their EJ Liddell. He is the number one guy on team scouting reports. 
and he is still able to go get 26 and like 26 any given night. Like that's, that's impressive, impressive as hell. I don't think it's egregious. Like Nebraska fans are making it out to be, but you know, I, I have the argument from Malachi Branham making it, but I don't think team success. We did an article about this. I don't think team success should play as big of a role. Um, or maybe I said the opposite. I don't even remember mm-hmm. hey, those year nuts. Those those year nuts things. You know, we're sometimes we're taking sides we don't even agree on. But um, <laughs> but I don't think team success should play as big of a role in these individual uh, awards. So you know, when Bryce McGowan's out here just getting twenty six against Ohio State, like I said, as as the the guy, he is the number one guy in the scouting report. He's the guy you say don't leave. That's very impressive for a freshman to me. So yeah, I mean, Branham has been probably a better player than Bryce McGowan's for the past month, six weeks. But like Malachi Brandon was probably averaging nine points per game, like into like early January. So like Bryce McGowan's has been scoring since November. So like, I I thought that he deserved it. I I understand that Malachi Branham is like the more recency bias and that his team is, in the tournament, I thought it should have gone to McGowan's, but obviously I'm not going to complain about Brandon getting in. Brandon made third team all Big Ten, which I'm like, again, I'm surprised by that. Um, I thought there were other guys who got left out that probably should have made third team, like Jamison Battle from Minnesota, Peyton Willis from Minnesota. I thought they probably both deserved to be on one of these teams. Fats Russell has been really good for Maryland. Um, I thought there were other guys that were going to make third team ahead of Malachi Brandon, but he also made third team um as well as freshman of the year um i just want to i'm going completely back to a conversation in the last two seasons in february and march xavier's five and 14 all right but but you guys want travis Steele? cool he's gonna get fired by the way so if you want travis Steele, he's gonna be probably gonna be there for you and i think the response is gonna be from from people that don't like holtman is that good because holtman will also be available here in a couple weeks so so that you know maybe maybe xavier can take him um God. I don't think that's the case at all. I think that that'd be I Xavier striking gold. My God, I responded to somebody else that asked, and I was like, I think that Holt, Chris Holtman will leave Ohio State when Chris Holtman decides he's ready to leave Ohio State. Um, yeah, okay. he, he's got a really good recruiting class coming in with Roddy Gale, Bryce Sensabaugh, Bruce Thornton. Like, there is no way in hell well, yeah. I would be shocked if they fired him after this season. Absolutely shocked, even if they lost their first game in the NCAA tournament, that he would not be the coach of Ohio State until this recruiting class has a chance to pan out. A hundred percent. You don't you don't fire a guy when they have a five when they have a top five recruiting class coming in. You let you see what he can do with them. Would be shocked. Um last thing we're we're gonna throw in here. Um fuck Rob Manfred. All my homies hate Rob Manfred. Um Shirts, shirts are being made. Uh Major League Baseball just canceled another week of games opening day is now pushed back i believe to april 15th it looks like they're not going to get 162 in um i think that they made a pretty they made a pretty i don't know how closely you follow it but they made a pretty reasonable offer to the players today their final sticking point now is like there's an international draft that they want to do instead of teams being able to just like send agents into like the dominican republic into cuba into puerto rico um to like agents talking to players and setting up deals themselves, they want there to be an international draft of these players. Basically, they want to get rid of all of the shady, sketchy shit that happens between agents and like young kids. Um, the neighbor's dog is barking behind me, so he needs to shut up so I can talk. Um, but the players themselves, like you know, like Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, those guys say 
doing an international draft basically is going to take away our our opportunity to pick a team that we feel like is the best situation for us. And the MLB pretty much today offered like we'll take away the uh, draft pick compensation for when free agents walk away, um, which is what the players want, as long as the players union agrees to like take a look at the international draft for in the next two years. And the players pretty much said like. We're not even looking at that. So MLB just canceled another week of games. Um, and I'm in agony because right when the NCAA tournament ends, I shift over to baseball. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. It's really frustrating. I'm really upset. But that's I'm a that's I'm a Reds fan. I'm a Reds fan, so it's kinda like, am I missing too much? But I actually think I am because Joey Votto's fun to watch. So Yeah, it's frust it's frustrating. The fans are the only group in this whole situation that like the fans have nothing. The fans don't benefit from anything. Cause like I see there are people on Twitter that'll be like, I'm going to boycott baseball. I'm not watching your games. I'm not going to your bullshit games. And like, who does that like, does, is Justin Golba not going to a Reds game hurting the owner of the Reds? No, it's just hurting Justin who doesn't get to go watch his team. Like doesn't hurt the owner's pocketbook. Um, yeah, no. So the yeah. fans are the only ones getting screwed in this that, you know, there's no reason we're not going to boycott that just hurts our own interests but also we just oh, yeah. want baseball that's the, that's the equivalent of burning jerseys like okay you just wasted 80 bucks congrats Ooh, i'm gonna i'm gonna boycott <laughs> and not watch cool man I'm glad you don't watch baseball anymore, or whatever all right That'll be it for us today, I think. Make sure if you find us on the website also um, to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you get the best of podcasts. We're under the Land Grant Holy Land feed. Yeah, and if you want to find um, our Twitter, the Bucketheads Twitter, it's at Bucketheads LGHL. Um, to be honest, it is like I try to tweet as much as I can from there during games, but I am a fan before. Like, you know, this is our side job, we are fans. So I just get caught up in most of the games and I don't tweet. So I do apologize. But also, like, what am I going to tweet? What you're watching? You know, it's, live tweeting games is always kind of an interesting thing for me. But nevertheless, um, I try to tweet more discourse stuff, you know, stuff that people can talk about, not just, like, game scores. You're watching the game and I don't need to tweet scores. Um, my Twitter is at Justin underscore Golba. Hopefully, and also, I'll put this out there now. Normally, in Connor, you can answer this too because i might be wrong don't we normally do a land grant bracket challenge yeah. thing yeah we did okay, last so, we'll, year. so we'll probably do that i'll tweet that out through the Bucketheads thing maybe try to get like a prize or something for the winner i don't know but um bracket challenge is always fun even if you paid zero attention because there's so much like info out there you can still successfully fill out a bracket um my mom one time two years ago won a bracket challenge and she did not watch a single minute of college basketball so that's always fun and uh, Connor, where are you, where are you, where are you at? Where are they can find you? Since you'll be on the ground in Indianapolis this week, we got boots, boots on the ground, on, folks. Boots on the ground. Capital J's in the building. You can follow me on Twitter at Le, at uh, Lamans L E M O N S underscore Connor. Yeah, they can just follow you because I will be in Chicago this weekend visiting some friends. Um, so I'll, I mean, I'll still be watching the games, but I might be at like a bar or something. So I don't know if I'm able to tweet. Cool. Maybe you'll bump into some Northwestern players because it looks like they're heading home early. Um, thanks for listening to us this week, guys. Um, we will be back next week for more March Madness previews and hopefully celebrating an Ohio State Big Ten tournament title.